are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Happy Hanukkah to those celebrating. I just celebrated last night with my family. It was so much fun. Loved it. Uh, let's see. want to tell you who's up. My first guest, my first live guest is... Peter H. Reynolds. We're going to talk about his new book, Our Table. I have a copy. I loved it. He's a New York Times bestselling creator of The Word Collector. And if you visit the show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, you can learn more about him. I just want to share a little bit before we get started. He is standing by. Peter is a creative visionary of The Word Collector, Happy Dreamer, and The Dot, number one New York Times bestselling author, Peter H. Reynolds. He creates a tender, lyrical story of multi-generational love, tradition, and family coming together with gratitude and thanks. And we are going to be chatting about his latest book. And again, if you visit the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, you can learn more about him. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. Yay. You know, I don't know if you know this. You're my very first guest since the pandemic. I am? <laughs> yes. Everything's been pre-recorded from my home studio. Oh, my gosh. This is awesome. Yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, welcome, KUCI 88.9. I'm so glad you could join us this morning. And congratulations on your latest book, Our Table. Thank you. Well, Thanks for inviting me to your table. I guess it's our table now, right? Because yes. we're <laughs> gathered around our virtual table. With all of the listeners, too, pull up a chair. Absolutely. Uh, I, I had mentioned to you, first of all, uh, you're calling in from Dedham? Dedham, Massachusetts, not too far from Boston, mm-hmm. and a place that you probably know, Brookline. Yes, that's right. I lived there for years, and I went to BU. That is awesome. By the way, BU happens to be the title of one of my other books. Is it one of Coming out, or it already came out? It already came out. It actually came out just before the pandemic, and I was on a uh, book tour, and I was no. crossing the country, and I was heading to Spokane, Washington. That was one of my last stops. Oh, Peter. And, of course, that was one of the hot spots, oh. and the tour got diverted to Portland, Oregon, and um, I did a, a few little things there uh, as the world began to turn upside down. Jumped on a plane, came back to Boston, Ugh. and um, and we all began this journey together. Being, I know. I know. Right, locked down and um, and being together, but um, and it, actually, this is what inspired our table. We were together yes. more yes. with our families, but very quickly we we turned to our technology to stay connected to school, to work, to right. our entertainment. And I just thought it was kind of ironic that we were together and not together because we were all, you know, we, we had our screens on and really not tuning into each other. And that was, that's really the inspiration for the book is trying to get people to tune back in um, to the humans around them. Well, I thought it was wonderful. And, and I did feel that that was one of the messages in the book because 
I got to thinking like, you know, before the pandemic, we were very focused on our own lives and go, go, go. And we weren't doing these things to connect ourselves at home. And and then, as you said, we're, we're in home, we're on Zoom, we're on our phones, we're having meetings, and then we're so disconnected. And I'm, I'm hoping that people listening have found the silver lining in the pandemic to, re- to reconnect, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And we did, I, I would say, probably at the beginning, you know, there was uh, a little bit more of, um, well, that feeling of, at least in New England, when we have a blizzard, you know, everyone, you batten down the hatches, and yes. you're, you're all together, and you're making cocoa, and, you know, in the beginning, we people were making bread and you know, cooking together, um, and then I think we, as as time wore on, it. Uh, I think the life, or well, actually, I think technology demands it because yes. the people making all these applications um, in media, they know what they're doing. I mean, they're really addictive, and you know, yeah. people can sit there scrolling for literally hours right. uh, of their day, yeah. and. There are humans around them, people who love them, right. and they need exactly. your love. So, yeah. um, well, so and the, the book is really it's um, a celebration of um, being together, but it's also, and, and it is a cautionary tale about using too much technology. But in the end, it's a little nod to uh, just keeping technology in balance. Technology is awesome. Yes. It, it does connect us, and it solves a lot of problems, but we just kind of keep, keep an eye on it. I agree. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I will say this. Um, the other reason I feel that the book is very timely is because we've been going through a mental health pandemic. I mean, mental health is, <laughs> is an issue before the pandemic, but it's just been enhanced. And there are so many people of all ages, especially, um, you know, middle school, high school uh, on up, who have been hit by a mental health pandemic of isolation and depression. And there's so much research out there. And I just, I think this message is so, so timely and so important. So thank you for oh, writing this. Thank you. Thanks. And, and just so the, the audience knows, this is a, it, it's a picture book. So it looks like a children's book. And sometimes people will say, oh, um, Peter Reynolds, the children's book author, illustrator. And I just like to point out that children do read my books. Um, but I really write them for all ages. And for us busy adults, a picture book is a pretty awesome way, a five or six minute experience that can get you thinking about um, a big idea. And all of my books, I've uh, been doing this now for, gosh, I don't know, 25, 30 years. And I have this kind of toolkit for amazing human beings, especially teachers who I think are amazing. So any teachers out there right now, yes, um, huge uh, hug to you for everything you're doing. Oh my it's, gosh! This has not been. Talk about mental health. Right. Um, uh, there should. We need to take care of our teachers. I agree. They're doing such um, heroic work, um, and awesome. um, so invite invite a teacher to your table. Yes, and, absolutely. And celebrate. I mean, when you think about the impact of the pandemic on teachers, on you know, health and wellness, you know, practitioners, unbelievable. And just last week I saw something on LinkedIn about how so many teachers have quit or are considering mm-hmm. something. You know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it is tough. I want to ask you, Peter, I'm going to back up. How did you end up becoming, you know, a writer and, and delving into this uh, area? Um, well, I mean, I was sort of, I mean, way back in school, I was the... Um, 
uh, a, a kind of incessant doodler in school, and I was drawing, and you know, my imagination was sort of popping all the time, um, and um, I knew that I wanted to uh, to write and be involved in sharing information. Paul and I, my twin brother, um, we started a newspaper in third grade. Um, and then we had a greeting card company and then a film production company in high school. And um, so I knew writing was going to be a part of my life and storytelling. And, of course, having a daughter, Sarah, um, she she really was the one that kind of kicked it up to, um, you know, okay, it's showtime. Um, <laughs> uh, she, she wanted, she loved she loved stories being read to her, but I kind of ran out of books to read to her. And so one night I said, can I tell you a story? And uh-huh. her eyes lit up. Nice. And she's like, please. And that was a transformational moment for me because I'm like, what, what she wants is, well, two things. One, she wants a story. Yeah. And she wants to spend time with me. Nice. And it, it's not necessarily a book. And, of course, I'm a big fan of books. I own my own bookstore yes. in my hometown. Um, but... Uh, it's not the book, it's the story. It's a story. So yeah. anybody out there listening, um, you know, you've got some great stories to tell. And I encourage, a lot of my work is about creativity and getting people to express themselves. I have a book called Say Something, mm-hmm. another one called The Word Collector, The Dot-ish. And they're all really there to nudge you along to tell your story. I mean, I love doing it. I love illustrating and writing stories, but you know, I I want to hear your story. In fact, Janine, do you do you have a story in your shoebox? Oh, how did I under know your bed? Yeah, I know. How did I know you were going to ask that, Peter? You're so funny. <laughs> um, I actually do. I wrote something years ago, and it's sitting on my desk. And I keep thinking, I want to get this published. And when I looked at your book uh, this weekend, it really mm-hmm. inspired me to take it off my desk. Um, I'll tell you. I love that. I'll tell you briefly. So when I was in Boston, I was very lonely, <laughs> and I uh, went to a doctor's appointment. And I came out of the appointment. Um, I had had this rash on my face, and it was really hot out. And I heard this screeching noise, and this little emaciated kitten ran into the air conditioning foyer of the building. And I'm <clears> like, <throat> you know, what's going on? And I had wanted to adopt a kitten. That's what was so strange. So I. Pick up this scrawny, gross-looking kitten, and it was obviously a stray, and it was just screeching and dehydrated, etc. And I picked it up, and I was asking around, "Did anybody lose a kitten?" And of course, no one lost a kitten. So I took it to the grocery store, fed it, and I found a local vet. And the kitten crawled up on my shoulder, and the vet said, "I guess this kitten is yours." So I took care of the kitten, and then I went to a shelter to adopt uh, a sibling. And I went in the attention of, I'm going to get another kitten. They're so cute. Well, you look around, Peter, and what do you see? You see older cats that people didn't want. Mm-hmm. So I adopted a cat with a broken tail, like a curled back tail. And uh, he was six months old. And I named the cat Curly. And fast forward, Curly unexpectedly passed away. And talk about grief. I'd never lost oh a cat. Gosh. Right? And so I um, basically wrote a story immediately about the amazing personality of my cat. I I just, this cat was awesome and I, I wanted to write about it. So that is the story, Curly's Tale. And I can tell you. I love it. Thank you. And it, but it really is an important message about 
why don't you consider other animals, not just the cute little kittens, but what about the other older animals that are up for adoption? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, and of course, I mean, you know, I always think that things, are, you know, there are lots of layers, right, to a story, and I can already see that, you know, while it's really, it's, it's a cat, you know, there are also a lot of people who are, have been marginalized and yes. who are hurting and suffering, and that it really just, it takes a compassionate heart to notice. Yes. And, and not just notice, but to do something. You know, you reached out and you did something and it inspired, it unlocked something in your heart. Mm-hmm. And as you say, it was your first pet. Um, and I, um, I had a very similar experience where I adopted a little, little cat. Actually, um, dear friend gave me this cat who she found it in a snowbank. And, um, um, I also lost that cat, um, um, due to some health complications. Um, and, um, the grief was so deep Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes, you know, you know, we're dealing with a lot of, you know, hurt and grief inside of ourselves, and sometimes it takes, um, like, a pet will unlock that yes. grief. Yes. Because my, my father had died. Actually, I found out that, that morning of, um, the, like, after I had completely fallen to pieces, the next morning I walked to my brother's house, and we sat in the steps in their beautiful blue sky, and I was wiped out, completely exhausted, and Paul said, Pete, do you know that yesterday was the one-year anniversary of Dad's passing. Oh. And um, it was like I, this little kitten yeah. was there to kind of help unbottle it. So, sure. um, so, yeah, stories, you know, they help us heal. They help us cope. They help us understand and to think about things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I do think the picture books are great formats um, because you can, um, we adults tend to buy the books and we read them first before we give them to our kids. Yes. And then when we buy them, we curl up with our kids mm-hmm. and we read them. So kids are getting the benefit and so are we. Yes. We're still, we're all works in progress and we, we need, we need help on a daily basis. I know I do. I agree. I agree. Now, before we, uh, I probably have you read some of the book. I just want to sure. um, remind listeners who were speaking with, I'm talking with Peter H. Reynolds the beloved author and illustrator of many books for children, including Happy Dreamer and New York Times bestsellers, Be You, Say Something, and The Word Collector. You're also the creator of The Dot and Ish. Your books have been translated into over 25 languages around the globe and are celebrated worldwide. Worldwide. And I want to mention, um, in 96, you founded Fable Vision with your brother Paul as a social change agency to help create stories that matter stories that move and you live in Dedham, Massachusetts with your family. People can learn more at peterhreynolds.com. Do you want to read some of your book? I would, I would love to. Sure. Um, this is Our Table, published by Scholastic, and it starts out with um, um, Violet. She's the sort of the star of our story. She's, I'm, I'm going to guess she's about eight years old. And she's remembering her table, her family's table, and she remembers all the preparation um, for the table, setting the table, and then all the wonderful memories of gathering around the table. Um, And so I'm going to start in on this part here. We see Violet alone at the table in the picture. Recently, though, Violet found herself alone at the table. Her family had become busy, very busy. They had found new places to be. 
Violet found her father in his favorite chair in front of a big screen, bigger than Violet. She found her mother on the staircase chatting silently on her phone. She found her brother in his room playing games, video games, with friends. Friends she could not see. Feeling quite alone, Violet dreamed of a time when family and friends would gather at the table. And then we see in the book, she, we see her passing by the family's dining room table. She notices something strange has, has begun to happen. Mm-hmm. She, she noticed something had changed. Her, the table was smaller. The next day it had become even smaller. And by the end of the week, the table had shrunk so much that it fit easily into the palm of her hands. And I always like to tell kids when I'm reading it, I'm like, as long as she doesn't blink, right? Right. And then, then you turn the page and Violet blinked. <laughs> the table vanished. Dope. Uh-huh. So, so the table is gone and it's up to Violet to figure out how to bring yes. her family back together again. And without reading the whole book, no, the... Don't, um, don't, don't give it away. Yeah. <laughs> I will not give it away, but um, she's rather clever and industrious. And I'll just say this, that technology can be a good thing. And that's... Um, the the last part of the book is that she actually taps into all the different technologies and her their her family's interest in those to actually help um, build a table uh, and and they it becomes a family project and they actually re, they rebuild the table that disappeared so and it brings them together and of course they have a table to get to be together around mm-hmm. and so. I wanted to make a point that technology, you know, it's it's a lovely thing. It's a great thing. It's doing marvelous things, but it has to be in service to humanity, I agree. Um, not the other way around. I agree. Um, yeah. Now, I, I want to mention something because a lot of times I'll interview authors, and you're also the illustrator, so you're doing it all here. <laughs> it comes in kind of handy, right? Because you're, uh, I mean, writers, um, at least... A lot of writers I talk to have a similar um, uh, process where you, you imagine your story as a film in your head, mm-hmm. and, um, and then you, you've kind of sketched note what's inside your head. I mean, I happen to love illustrating, so I can actually illustrate those, that little movie in my head, and it, it speeds up the process. Um, and I love, I do love collaborating. I collaborate. I've collaborated with my Trump brother. Mm-hmm. I collaborate with Megan McDonald on the Judy Moody series. Oh, um, I just you. collaborated during lockdown with a musician you might have heard of, Cat Stevens, now known as Yusef. I Kat saw Stevens. that. That's great. Yeah, we, he called me up during the pandemic and said, um, "Do you want to? Do you think that my song Peace Train, which is celebrating 50 years, do you think Peace Train would make a good picture book?" And I put it on the record player, listened to it, and that, there was a little film in my head. So I, I, um, uh, we created that. That's a HarperCollins uh, book, and um, we and we're we're working on another one. I wanted to ask you a little bit about your process uh, for people that are listening that are creatives. Um, you talked about the the film in your head. So do you have a film background, or do you? Do you start with the with the story, the you know the film in your head first, and then the story, or vice versa? I, I would. I mean, it's idea first, mm-hmm. um, kind of like that little lightning bolt, and then it sort of 
I start mulling it over, like, okay, how, how am I going to, um, who's my cast, you know? And, and then the film emerges. Um, and my film, I would say it probably was, I mean, um, when I was 12, I had a math teacher who noticed that I liked to draw more than pay attention <laughs> in his math class. And he said, he said, Peter, would you, how would you like to teach math using your, your art and your storytelling? So I'm like, sign me up. So I go home. I create a comic book to teach math. I bring it in. I show Mr. Matson. And he looked at it, and he, he said, do you know what you've done? I said, I made a comic book. He said, well, it's also called a storyboard. It's what a filmmaker uses to plan out a film. How would you like to make an animated film See? of your stories? Yeah. And um, that, was, that was a pretty transformational moment for me because I, great. Um, I uh, at age 12, made my very first animated film to teach. And I mean, all my stories are fable, fabulous, right? There, there's, there's a message inside of them, and I, I kind of owe that to my math teacher for saying, um, you know, try teaching, yes, um, and mixing it with your your storytelling. That's incredible! What a mentor! Amazing! Yeah. And I got to thank him. I in the book, the dot. I dedicated the book to him. Oh. Um, and um, it's a tribute to to all the great teachers out there who go off script and um, notice the magic in their kids and help nurture that. Definitely. And that, that's really my mission is to to help everybody um, uh, turn those embers into flames, mm-hmm. um, whether for the your kids or for yourself. Yes. So we have to take care of ourselves. That's a, that's a big one. You're right. right. You're right. I want to mention, uh, you have another book coming out, don't you? December 7th. I do. I do. It's called Love You by Heart. And uh, that's another scholastic book. And it's a book about unconditional love. And just, you know, how um, even before we meet um, our kids, we love them, right? When we find out that someone's having a baby, right? We, We immediately just, in love, we're in love with that that thought, yeah. and that love carries on as as a child grows up, and um, it's so so yeah. Check it out; it's got um, it was a lot of fun to do. I love the cover. Yeah, it's really cute. Oh, thanks, right? <laughs> Two, yeah, I did. Um, it's a big heart hugging a little heart. So cute on a little um, flowery hill. And uh, I dedicated to that, that to B.B. Hobbs, who is Baby Boy Hobbs. I did not know the name of my daughter's son. Okay. Um, she just got, she got married two years ago, and they had a baby in May. So um, the book was, public, was sent off to the printer before we knew um, the name. So it's B.B. Hobbs, um, now known as Thomas, Thomas Hobbs. And I dedicated it saying um, to B.B. Hobbs, um, I loved you even before I met you. That is beautiful. So I want to ask you one last question before we wrap up. Because my show is called Get the Funk Out, (laughs) what do you do when you are feeling a little down or a lot down, you know, when you're you're in a funk? Or has writing helped you through that? Um, Yeah, I would say, I mean, writing and drawing definitely helps me. and, you know, being in that funk, 
Um, it happens. I mean, there are kind of two funks. One's the just the writer's block kind of funk, like, hmm, this just isn't happening right. today. Yes. And then there's that sort of that blue funk, the, the fog that settles in for a couple of days, which has happened to me. Um, fortunately, I have some people in my circle who love me and take care of me. Um, and being born with a twin brother helps a lot. Because yes. um, he understands me. There's sort of ESP. Mm-hmm. Um, people think of that as, you know, I can read your thoughts. Well, he can read my feelings. Amazing. Um, and, and then I, I also, I just, um, like I, I had mentioned, I, had, I opened up a bookstore 18 years ago. And that's my happy place. So, like, if I'm feeling that funk, yeah. I, I leave my desk in my studio and I, I walk a block over to the bookshop and we have a cafe okay. and I get myself a cappuccino and I sit there among books and art supplies and good smell of coffee. And the people who come into bookstores tend to be lovely people. So it's just, it's a lovely place to be and it helps me. So, you know, it. think about where your happy place is and, you know, if you're feeling, feeling a little blue or you're stuck, yes. um, yeah, take a break, take a break and, you know, kind of stop trying too hard um, and just relax. I think we all need that. We're all in a rush, 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 and we need to slow it down. So, um, I also feel, and I want to add this, that uh, creative pursuits, anything, whether it's, you know, drawing, music, anything, uh, helps us in tremendous ways. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Um, and that's why, you know, I'm a big advocate of arts in school, um, whether it's theater or writing or music, um, there's a part of our, you know, not only our brain, but our soul that needs it. It thrives on it. It opens us up. And we need to have more of it, not less. And schools, you know, we really have to work. You know, I I feel like jumping on a plane to go to Washington and just say, um, can we divert from funding to the arts, to, right, to the arts exactly. in school? Um, yeah. Which, um, by the way, one of the number one fears is public speaking. Oh, yes. It's up there with <laughs> snakes and um, spiders. Oh, yes. And that just is, I, and I think theater, like helping kids feel comfortable on stage mm-hmm. and expressing themselves would really, would really help. I, I wonder how many wonderful, brilliant ideas there are that have been bottled up because people are afraid of sharing those ideas. Right. Um, so I hope your audience feels bra- a little braver today. And maybe they have a shoebox with a story in. Maybe they'll pull it out and maybe, um, um, maybe gift it. You know, that's one suggestion I'd have for yes. people. If you want to give one of your ideas a test drive, mm-hmm. um, give it to a fan, you know, make a copy. Good idea. Give it to a family member um, or family members and friends, and that can be your holiday gift. That's great. I will say this. I love how your books are for young readers. It's really like a foundational message you're giving to them. That I believe, you know, I have, I have children, and I believe that when you introduce them to different themes, really important themes when they're younger, it can carry through through adulthood. Yeah, it, right? it's, it's like a language. And, of course, learning a language, it's a lot easier if we start younger right. and kids are pretty brilliant and they can they can handle some you know big ideas empathy and 
yes. uh, bravery and balance and, and resilience and voice. And you know, each one of those themes are tucked in my books. So I, I like to think of it as a little toolkit that you could give to a child and say, in this box are, are 12 books, and those 12 books have a message um, and a tool that you're going to, it'll come in handy as the, as you journey on, which a journey isn't always easy. That's and right. so we have to right, be, be prepared. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much, Peter. Uh, can you give your website one more time for listeners? Sure. Um, PeterHReynolds.com okay. is, um, is my main website. And then if you want to check out my books, it's www.the.com central the dot central.com you can check out all my books there okay um Perfect. and um yeah so let's keep connecting the dots and this was really really fun i enjoyed being with you at your table I loved it. And we should do this again sometime. Yes, I would really enjoy that. So, you know what? When your next book comes out, which is shortly, let's have you call back in again. We'll do it. Right. We'll do it. All right. All right. Well, so wishing everyone happy holidays Thank you. and uh, celebrate togetherness at your table. Thank you so much, Peter. Take care. That was Peter H. Reynolds, again, my first live guest. Wow. After, what, 85 weeks away from the KCI studios. If you missed any part of this, my conversation will be uploaded onto the show blog a little later on today, and the show blog is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. We're going to take a little break, and then we'll be back. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. <laughs>